0: what is guanin peeps what is guanin i'm reading clear your clutter with feng shui and i tell you what i've been getting later and later with my daily spiritual teas and all sorts of nonsense because i've been actually clearing my clutter and it really is freeing i'm telling you so i'm on chapter 10 today and it's called collection so i'm going to read that to you it's going to be 10 and 11 because chapter 10 is quite short so most people collect something the less imaginative go for thimbles teaspoons matchboxes, telephone cards bear mats or stamps while the more eccentric gather decreased pop star memorabilia mel- i can never pronounce that word memorabilia antique exhaust pipes sewing machine attachments cats whispers Cats, whiskers, and the like. Yes, I've actually met people who do collect such things. Another favourite is animal ornaments, which have global popularity. Most sought after are cats, dogs, frogs, and ducks, with local variations such as kangas or koalas down under. Elephants, tigers, and dragons for the more orientally inclined, and so on. Having a few cute kittens on the mantelpiece is one thing, but these collections can get out of control. Some of so soon there are cat ornaments in every room, cat pictures on every wall, cats on your tea towels, your t-shirts, your cushions, your coffee cup. I was talking about this subject once at, at one of my seminars in Southern Ireland. After a while, a woman sitting in the front row could no longer contain herself and burst out with the public confession that she had over 2,000 frog ornaments in her home. Even my front door is made of the huge carved frog. She explained with such pathos that she reduced the audience to hysterical laughter. Why people collect things. So why do we do this? It if traced back some people find that their attraction to what they have chosen to collect begun during childhood for others it was a gift they received which well-meaning friends and relatives then added to whatever the case when we feel moved to collect a particular type of thing or even when we accidentally end up with such a collection What we are in fact doing is responding to an intuitive need to gather a particular type of essence which we need for our own personal growth. It's a specific frequency which we need to bring into ourselves at this time and it is entirely valid but life is constantly changing and moving and we actually only need to collect that essence for as long as it takes us to spiritually integrate it into our life. Then we can move on to something new. Where animal essences are concerned, the Native Americans knew a great deal about this. Each person was known to have an animal totem, which was both a protection and a source of power and wisdom for them. Members of the tribe would often take names such as White Eagle, Dancing Beer and so on and they would live in close affinity with their essences throughout their lives. But times have changed. Just as in the olden days in England they would call a man Jack the Smith or John the Fisher. After his trade, which became a bridge to John Smith and John Fisher, the speed at which we lived has now increased so much that the modern equipment would be something like Richard the computer programmer turned taxi driver turned organic farmer turned author. Most people can expect to have several professions in their lifetime and often several marriages or primary relationships too. It is as if we are now living many lifetimes in the space of one. The reason for this lies in the unseen worlds of energy. Denise Lynn referred to it as the increased squiggle rate, meaning the rate in which energy vibrates. The faster it moves, the higher we can reach in the spectrum of human possibility. Therefore, the last thing we would want to do is get stuck on collecting frogs when there is a whole world of exciting new possibilities out there just waiting to be tapped. The man who made pigs. One one man I knew got into making pigs it all began when he his mother bought a plastic pig in a junk shop and he liked it so much he would make a mold and copied it soon he progressed from plastic pig, plaster pigs to painted porcelain pigs then someone suggested he put wings on them to make them more interesting and thus the flying pig was born he opened a kitch market store in london's fashionable covent garden and sold flying pigs by the thousand. He made them in different sizes and people bought them in sets to hang on their walls. At Christmas, he made special heaps of sleeping pigs. Looking back, he says he had always felt from the start that there was a purpose, some reason why he felt impelled to make them. But it took 16 years for him to discover what that was and for his passion for pigs to be all played out. He found out that his mother's father and both his mother's grandfathers had all been pork Tortures. This reminds me of the book I read Past Lives and why people are compelled to do compelled to do things that they do. But anyway, he estimates that his final total of over 32,000 pigs made roughly equal the number of pigs his ancestors made may have slaughtered in their lifetimes. The karmic debt rebalance, he closed his store and moved on to a new life as a soyatsu massage practitioner. <laughs> That's such a difference, isn't it? So the duck woman, in the house of a woman I did a feng shui consultation for, I counted over a hundred ducks as she showed me around. What's with the ducks? I asked her, only to be met with a blank stare. What ducks? She asked. We would round. We went round again, and when I pointed them all out to her, she was astonished. They were in her wallpaper, embroidered on her cushions, or. or organizing her bathroom on the front of her nightgown on her tableware it was total duckdom but she was completely unaware there were so many what was even more revealing was that every duck was a solitary one and the big issue in her life was that she had never married to cut a long story short she took my advice dumped all the ducks and found her man so don't be a heck to the collector The art of understanding collections is to find out why you are doing it, learn from it and then move on. Don't limit yourself, make peace for something new to come into your life. Don't be a Hector the Collector all your life without even ever realising why. If it's ornaments of the animal kind, you'll find yourself collecting. A good way to discover why you are so attracted to your chosen beastie is to look it up in an animal tarot pack such as the medicine cards, wildly available in the new age bookshop. This will give you insight into the qualities you are unconsciously wanting to draw to yourself. It may take a while for you to integrate this information to the point where you generally feel ready to let go of your collection and move on. And even then, dumping all your ducks may even too, maybe seem too much to handle in one go. It is very important that you allow this process to happen naturally rather than forcing it. So just gradually trim your flock or herd, etc. as you feel able. Wow. So I'm going to carry on and go on to chapter 11. So this one is called paper clutter, which I'm very well aware of. And I've been trying to get rid of my paper clutter, but let's see what this is all about what is it about paper that is so attractive it was predicted that the electronic age would reduce the amount of paper in use but to everyone's astonishment we are using more of it than ever before here's how to deal with some of the trickiest areas so books holding on to hold books is a very common problem especially for people with inquiring minds to many books are like faithful companions they're always there to keep you company when you need them to impact knowledge inspire entertain and stimulate you in a myriad of different ways but the problem with holding on to old books is that it doesn't allow you to create space for new ideas and ways of thinking to come into your life your books symbolically represent your ideas and beliefs and when you come when you have too many of them sitting on a bookshelf in your home you become set in your ways and develop feisty energy like the feisty old books you surround yourself with often when i'm called in to do a consultation for an educated person who is having difficulty finding a love partner i find that in the relationships corner of the house or the relationship corner of of a much-used room in the house there is a large bookcase stuffed full of old books without knowing anything about feng shui they will do this because it feels right there because it's actual fact that primary relationships is with their books these are the types of people who always have a pile of books by the bed for nighttime reading again a relationship substitute by moving the bookcase or at least clearing some space in the bookshelves it creates room for new interests and relationships in their lives maybe you have so many books that they have that have long outgrown your bookshelves and you have taken up residency in other locations. They have taken up residency in other locations. Are they stacked high on your desk, on the coffee table, next to your favorite armchair or in the lead? See chapter 18 for the deeper implications of this. (laughs) Learn to let your books go when it is time. Begin with cookbooks you never use. No, don't open them and check for recipes. Move on to textbooks and reference books you haven't touched in years. Children books you or your your you've outgrown. Novels you weren't interested enough to begin or finish. Books that f- with theories you don't agree with. Progress to volumes that are in such inaccessible places you haven't touched them in decades or are so old they have disintegrated. Do you know what? I started doing that. I've took some books off my shelf. And put them in a box to see if I was actually going to go for them. And you know, it's just now I've realised I've not even looked at them once. So I can get rid of them. Anyway, that's a good idea. I've learnt that one as well. If you don't know, I know I'm saying this in the middle of it. But, and I don't know who's listening to this. But what you do is, if you're not sure whether you should get rid of something, take it off of its usual place. Put it in somewhere where you're going to shut it. Okay, if you've got space. And leave it there. And if you haven't touched it, then you know you don't need it. Anyway. Then there are books which inspired you deeply years ago, but whose concepts are now so much a part of you that you no longer need to read them anymore. Aim to end up with a collection of books which represents you as you are today and the intended you of tomorrow. Add some reference books that you commonly use. Allow yourself the luxury of a few other books simply because you love them or love your association with them and let the rest go. Donating books to the local library is one excellent solution if you are really anxious that you will miss them. It is very comforting to know that if you ever read them, you can borrow them back for a while. In the, if you ever need them, you can borrow them back for a while. In the meantime, they are being useful to others instead of clogging up your bookshelves and clogging up your life. The interesting thing about donating books to the local library is that people really, very rarely ever find they want to borrow them back. After letting them go, they move on to something new in their lives and forget all about those old tomes. Interesting. See, I've still I've done that, but I still got books to clear as well. I'm a terrible book. I'm a book. I'm a tidy collector hoarder. That's what I am. So I've got some clearing to do. I've got loads to do. But anyway, magazines, newspapers and clippings. This is one thing I never did. But anyway, in one house I visited, there was a whole room full of airplane magazines, which had been waiting over 20 years to be sorted so that the owner could discover what issues he was missing to complete the set. When I asked him what he would do with the set. When the set was complete he was dumbfounded. He had to think of it for a long time to remember why he wanted them. Collecting had become the goal, rather than using them for any purpose. When he gave himself permission to stop collecting and just let them go, he wrote to tell me what a huge relief it had been to take them to the local recycling bin and how wonderful it was to have an extra room in his house so that he could now invite guests to visit. Another client's study had vanished under a sea of newspapers and magazines she was keeping until she had the time to sort through them for the for the articles. There was also three enormous piles of clippings next to her bed, while, which was waiting for further sorting and filing, which I suggested she could dump the lot and give herself a fresh start. Panic came into her eyes as if there would have had been life-threatening consequences. When we took a minute to look at this objectively together, it could came down to her being generally afraid that she would inevitably, inadvertently throw away some article that would prove to be vital to her existence. This is a variation on this may come in useful one day syndrome, which is based on fear rather than entrusting in life to bring to, your, to you actually what you need when you need it. It is wonderful to want to keep on learning all the days of your life but we are bombarded today by so much information that we need to be selective. If you want to keep clippings, create a filing system for them and keep it up in t- up to date. Have periodic sort-outs and get rid of information which is no longer valid. If you have a pile of clippings waiting to be filed... Set yourself a reasonable time period, say by the end of the month, and if they aren't filed by then, file them in the bin. When you have finished with your magazines, don't hog them. Read them and pass them on to hospitals, dentists, nursing homes, schools and other public places where they can be used. Give them to relatives, friends or colleagues who will enjoy them or just recycle them. I encouraged this client to sit down and make a list of the many things she wanted to do in her life that she wasn't allowing herself to do because of unfinished jobs such as this. This gave her a completely new perspective with which to review all the tasks she had set herself and it became an easy decision for her to keep just one recent pile of magazines and send the rest on their way. The next time I saw her, the change was remarkable. The greyish gloom which hung around her had disappeared even the bags under her eyes have all just but vanished and everything around her had become so animated and alive it seemed she had not stopped with newspaper clippings but had clutter cleared her entire study and then her entire house it had totally revitalized her life so sentimental stuff now this is where i get stuck as well because i've saved every single card anybody's ever gave me at least in the last 10 years and i don't know how to let them go but anyway because i flip back to them my mum mother's day's cards the cards from my mums for my birthday all sorts of nonsense anyway sentimental stuff some of the nicest nicest letters i received are from dear sweet sentimental souls who collect this type of clutter here's one of my favorites I live in South Africa and have just finished reading your wonderful book on creating sacred space. I wish I could find a way of thanking you for the space you have given me to find a way to use the energies in my home to maximise my joy. Everything you write touched a chord inside me, making me aware of the latent thoughts I have about so many things. I have recently thrown away so much junk I have collected over the past 30 years, old love letters, old photos, other bits and pieces I didn't know what I was holding on for. As a consequence, I feel so much better, lighter in the world. You have found some real wisdom and bless you for passing it on. This category of clutter includes wedding, memorabilia, Christmas and birthday cards from years gone by, holiday postcards from friends, personal diaries from the year dot, your children's crayon masterpieces from 20 years ago and so on. The older you get the more you have you really look through any of it but you just like to know it's there my advice keep the best and fling the rest keep the ones you really love which have wonderful fond associations let go of any which you are keeping out of any sense of guilt or obligation have any oblivion film about or just have too many of one woman i met had drawers and drawers full of christmas and birthday cards that had been sent to her which she assured me had sent sentimental this is exactly me this is this is me reading here now one woman i met had drawers and drawers full of christmas and birthday cards that had been sent to her Which she assured me had such sentimental value, she could never part with them. But when we sat down and looked through them together, she became sadder and sadder, grieving for the happiness of the times gone by, making a decision to clear them out and start to build her social life afresh, marked the beginning of her transformation from this lonely individual she had become to the socially outgoing person she longed to be. If you have huge quantities of sentimental archives, the first first pass is unlikely to be enough you will probably need to refine the process even further by going through them again at a later date it will be a constant ongoing process which may seem hard at first but gets easier every time you do it so photos yes photos is me again because i'm a photographer i do photography <laughs> do you have drawers of albums stuffed full of photos enjoy your photos while they are current make colorful mo- montages but then put them on the wall but then in your wallet stick them onto your notebooks make postcards and send them to your friends really get the most from these while their energy is fresh and new don't keep photos which remind you of tough times in the past just keep the ones which make you feel good and let the rest go Clear the space for something new and better in your life. I had a feeling that I had thought about because I bought a scanner for my negatives. I've got I, I've gone back in the days where there's negatives and, and there's some of these pictures. And I don't know why I did that, but I just thought it'd be useful maybe for my Instagram or something. But I'm thinking about it now. Why did I even buy a, a, a negative scanner to scan in photos to get more clutter? But anyway, but it will be digital clutter now. Anyway, clear your desk. If you work from home or have a desk you use at home, this next section is for you. The first step is to do one simple sum. Calculate the percentage area of naked desks you can actually see. Don't cheat and tidy your desk before you do this. Just leave it exactly as it is to get an honest appraisal of the situation. Now, I see hundreds of desks a year in my consultancy work both in businesses and private homes. So one thing most of them have in common is that this is virtually no space on them where a person can work. Usually, there is an area about the size of a piece of paper which has been left free and everything else is occupied, even with equivalent or with stacks of paper waiting for attention. Clear your desk. There's a wonderful book by De- Declan Tracy, with just that title and in it he describes the desks and businesses practices of some of the top entrepreneurial businesses people in the world who all keep paperwork to a minimum a clear desk means a clear mind and a clear mind has vision and perspective if you are bogged down in paperwork that's exactly where you'll stay working with a clear desk increases productivity creativity and job satisfaction An excellent habit to acquire is to always leave your desk clear whenever you finish working. It is psychologically far more uplifting to start with a clear desk rather than mounds of paperwork, which makes you feel defeated before you even start. So begin now by removing from your desk absolutely all paperwork, which is pending your attention, and all objects which are not absolutely vital. See now if i did that oh my goodness i'd probably have an empty desk but anyway i am talking here about only leaving real essentials such as a computer a telephone a pen a notebook keep other extenuous equipment such as staplers hole punches paper clips fro- fluffy toys bags and munchies and so on on a nearby shelf or in your desk drawer so clear your disc Electronic clutter is just as much a problem as the more tangible variety, rather than waiting until your hard drive is full to start pruning out programs and documents you no longer longer need, a better way is to do a little every day as you go. Go through your files and delete old ones which are cluttering up your hard disk or copying them to an older system or disk. Reorganize your filing systems within your computer, if necessary. So take control of your paperwork. Here are some tips to help you on your way. Get into the habit of ruthlessly binning or recycling as much Superficialus. I can't pronounce that word, superfilious paperwork as possible as often as you can never drop down messages to yourself on loose pieces of paper keep it all in one book and peerology transfer information to your filing system or computer use your notice board only for things which are current if you want to remind yourself to do something put it on your diary or on your calendar post-it notes clutter your mind and make you more likely to forget to do things lots of reminder notes dissipate your energy Bring your financial paperwork up to date and keep it that way. You are far more likely to create prosperity in your life if you become more conscious about dealing with this. Set up systems for paying bills on time. File things where, where you can find them and love the fact that every bill you receive means you are still credit worthy. When you learn to pay what you owe with as much joy as receiving what you do, you have discovered how to enjoy this money game we humans have created for ourselves rather than getting stressed by it. When you receive a letter, write your reply at the bottom of it in the margin and send it back. That way, the le- the paper is no longer cluttering up your office. You have saved yourself the time and expense of typing a reply or have it typed. You can do it immediately rather than putting it off for the week and the pe- person knows they have received your immediate personal attention now that doesn't really happen it's emails but if we did that and just sent an email and then deleted it off our system we've dealt with it haven't we it's the same principle so i'm gonna leave it there people so tomorrow is chapter 12 and it's miscellaneous clutter so until tomorrow people take care